Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 365 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Looking forward to providing you more insights, more perspective on improving at the game of tennis, reaching your goals. And today I've got a, a story. It's not so much a, a lesson per se, although there are definitely lessons to be learned from this story, but it's kind of more along the lines of, of inspiration and perspective, I would say. It definitely was inspiring for me, and you can tell by the title exactly what we're going to be talking about. Recently, I, I had a, a private student drive up from Chicago to come work with me here in Milwaukee. And we did a three-hour morning session together. And this gentleman's name was Frank. And he was 76 years old. And I heard that from the person who does all of our customer support and kind of student support and does the onboarding calls frequently. He's like, hey, Ian, this this guy's coming to work with you. He He wants to spend most of his time on his serve and he's 76 years old. And I was like, holy, you know, right off the bat, like that's that's an unusual, I, I don't know, I would say our, our average student is probably, um, probably mid-40s or late 40s, I would say, maybe around 50 on the high end on average. We occasionally get students in their 30s, very rarely in 20s, and rarely above 70. <laughs> Happens once in a while, but but very rarely. And even less frequently for a private lesson to work on stroke technique. We get people that age that come to our strategy clinics in particular for for doubles. But this was a, a session that somebody booked to come work on their technique, to make changes, to make improvements. And, and that's really just the first thing I want to highlight. And I was so excited to jump on the court with Frank just simply because he, for what he signed up for and who he was. I didn't know him at all coming in, but I knew he was going to be an excellent student because it, it takes a certain mindset and perspective to be open at 76 years old to making changes and making improvements. The fact that he believed enough in himself that he could receive input, he could receive feedback, and make a positive change in the right direction was enough for me just to be really pumped about spending time with him. And I want to be just really clear and just just put it right out there in the open. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been playing the game of tennis. I don't care how old the habit is that you're trying to change. You can make changes. The question is not whether or not you can. The old, you can't teach a, an old dog new tricks is just an absolute fallacy. The variable in question is not age. The variable in question is the quality and the quantity of the training you're putting in, period. Now, for some students at some ages and some habits, is it going to be challenging? Is it going to be difficult? Is it going to take a lot of work? Absolutely. And for some students, you know, if, if you're young, you're really athletic, you're very coordinated, and you have no bad habits, are you going to improve faster? Yeah, of course. All of those variables are important, and they, they are a factor. But just because they aren't 
all pointing in your favor doesn't mean that you can't still make progress. And Frank was an absolute perfect example of that. So we spent most of our time in the morning on Frank's serve. And the first topic we focused on was his, his first serve. He had a pretty good service motion already, but he had a little bit of waiter tray going on with his, his first serve, his like more powerful delivery. And it was interesting because he had gone through a bunch of our coaching online and self-guided and, and made improvements. He previously was using just a, a completely classic waiter tray type of delivery where his, his hand and his racket face were facing straight up towards the sky and he was pushing the ball over with his arm, something that's really, really common for beginner players up through intermediate level, I would say. And so he had identified that on his own already and made progress, but he was definitely not using the full range of motion that was available to him. And by the way, he, he had physical limitations, and I evaluated and assessed what those were right away. Like his shoulder flexibility and mobility is not the same as Novak Djokovic. It's, it's not the same as mine at, at 40 years old, where, or 39 years old, not quite 40, where uh, I've worked hard on, on that part of my body. And something that's a, that's a strength of mine. So he doesn't have the same flexibility as somebody half his age, but he wasn't using everything that he had available to him. So through the course of lots of different progressions and a bunch of video analysis, we identified exactly where he could improve. And by using shadow swings and, and fake tosses, we, we saw very, very quickly, it was very evident by looking at the video analysis, that he did have a lot of room for improvement. So we worked on it, we made good progress, and we got to a point where it was like, okay, like we, you see exactly what to do. And he got to kind of the classic position where he was able to do a really nice, ideal-looking repetition without a ball. But when he was hitting the ball, he would kind of meet halfway in the middle, which was still a good step in the right direction. But at that point, it was like, okay, like you get it, you understand, we're moving in the right direction. Now it's a matter of training. And so we wanted to move on to other things. And by the way, if you want to actually see us working, working together <clears throat> and actually watch this session, you can go to YouTube and you can do a search for Essential Tennis 76, like just the number 76, 76. and you'll see uh, just a week or two ago, we published a, I don't know, it was probably a 15 or 16 minute long video that showed the progressions we used. I broke down exactly the steps we took. And so if you're struggling with waiter tray and you want to see me working with uh, Frank, then I highly recommend you go check out that lesson. Just a YouTube search of Essential Tennis 76 or 76-year-old tennis player or whatever. Any, any of those words together, it's going to be the, the first result. So we moved on from the waiter tray focus and kind of getting to more of a, of a racket drop position to create more range of motion, to have more potential for racket head speed. And we moved on to working on his second serve. Now, this is really, this was really what excited me was Frank is a left-handed player. And when we did his initial analysis, uh, kind of his preliminary uh, video analysis, I was shocked to find out that he didn't have a spin serve. 
This is a left-handed tennis player, had been playing tennis for a long time, and, and had never developed a lefty spin serve. In fact, he was kind of caught or stuck in a position where on his second serve, he was still using his waiter tray serve position. He was still just tapping the ball over, just pushing it over. Just, uh, you know, imagine like a a beginner style serve where you kind of face forwards, uh, face your palm up towards the the sky, toss the ball and just kind of tap the ball over. That was literally his second serve. Even though he had made big progress with the waiter tray on his first serve, he did not have the confidence or the swing path to do it on his second serve. So his solution in order to be consistent and safe was to go back to his old serve and just kind of tap it over. So he was ready to learn a full lefty spin serve for the very first time. And that, again, was super inspiring for me. And it was a big task because he was just locked in to swinging straight towards his target, just basically pushing the ball towards the service box while his strings stayed facing towards the service box. So his path and his racket face were always in alignment, his entire tennis career up until this point. And so I explained to him this this phrase. I don't know if I've said this phrase on the podcast before. I've used it a lot in video lessons, but, but pay close attention to this. This is really important. I learned this phrase a couple years ago from a golf YouTube instruction channel, and it's been really, really impactful for me. The face sends it, the path bends it. So the racket face, aka the strings, whenever the ball meets the strings, wherever the strings are facing, that's what sends the ball. That's what sets the trajectory of the direction the ball is going to go. So when you make contact with the serve, wherever your strings are facing, no matter which way your racket is swinging, that's the direction the ball is going to travel. So if your strings are facing the service box at contact, the ball will go towards the service box because the strings are what sends the ball. So the face sends it, the path bends it. Bend means curve. And curve happens from spinning the ball. So when your swing path moves somewhere other than the box, so for Frank, his racket face and his racket path had always been linked together to send the ball towards the box. He had never swung his racket to the left. If you're a left-handed player, that's how you make slice, is swinging from right to left. It's not by carving around the side of the ball. It's by swinging right to left, past the ball. That's what spins the ball, and the spin is what curves the ball. So the project with Frank, and you'll see this if you, if you go to the YouTube lesson, the project was Frank, with Frank was to keep his strings facing the box, but to completely change his swing path to be out to the left instead of forward towards the box. So we set out uh, together and did a whole bunch of different progressions. We took him off the baseline. We took him away from a, a full service motion. And uh, for at least a little while, probably a good chunk of time, probably solid 20 minutes or so, just kind of did some karate chop action motions with his hand, with his racket along the service line. We had him on the service line. And so we got his swing path along the service line. If you're a right-handed player, just imagine your, your hand and your racket traveling along the service line to the right 
And for Frank, since he's a left-handed player, his racket was moving out to the left. And so the big challenge was to get that path out to the left without facing his racket to the left. Is he was so used to locking those things together. But eventually he got it. And we started hearing a big, aggressive clicking sound or, or brushing sound, whatever you want to call it. Started seeing a lot of spin. The ball started curving. You know, then we started moving back towards the baseline again. Eventually, we integrated the, the rest of his service motion into that kind of singular focus of the, the swing path. And by the end of our session together, he was going through his full motion on the baseline and hitting balls in the box with a bunch of spin and a bunch of curve. So we accomplished all of this in a one morning session, and we spent time on a a few other things as well, doing a little bit of technique breakdown on, on his other strokes, but the serve was the main focus. And so when Frank walked out of the building here, I was already really, I just so personally, so inspired, being a little bit more than half his age. I don't know about you, but I hope that when I'm twice my age right now, I'm still learning, I'm still improving, I'm still growing as an athlete, as a player, and as a person, and I still have that attitude and that hunger and desire to want to know what's, what's the next step, what's the next step, how do I improve, how do I, how do I get better, how do, how do I embrace discomfort and do something different to give myself better potential to do what I'm passionate about a little bit better. And so already I I was just super inspired by Frank, but to really cap it off, the next day, Frank sent me a text and it turns out he had a match the very next day after our training session together. And before he left, I made the suggestion to Frank that he just go all in on the spin serve like I knew he was going to find the flat serve again because that's how he's been serving his entire life. But to not have a spin serve as a lefty is just a huge gap in his game. So I, I, I told him, Frank, you need to just commit to that spin serve and I highly recommend you use it for your first and your second serve for the foreseeable future until you're really solid and comfortable and confident with that spin serve. And then we can start working on kind of going back and forth from flat serve to spin serve. And so I don't think he told me, but it turns out he had a match the next day. So he drove back down to Chicago and then he texted me the following evening. And here's, this is, this is his text, uh, word for word. Took your advice. Only spin serves for the first and second. Only three doubles. No more wimpy second serves from me. Thanks, thanks for your help, Frank. So he went... <laughs> He learned a completely new service motion on one day and the next day committed to it in a match and stuck to it, only double faulted three times, which, which is really pretty incredible. Like I never would have like guaranteed to him that he had only double fault a couple of times with a brand new serve, but he did it, double faulted just a few times and made the commitment to, to drop that that weak kind of patty cake, tap it in, second serve. And so now he's on his way. He's making progress at 76 years old. I absolutely just love this story. I love the example of Frank. 
I just, I think an incredible example for all of us, no matter what age we are, he's, he's making changes. He's leaving his comfort zone. He's making improvements. He's developing his game. And who knows how much, you know, like he's probably got a decade plus more at least. I mean, there's a nineties, you know, division there's, there's players playing tournaments in their nineties. Frank's still got years and years left of improvement and development and enjoying the game and learning how to do it even better than he does now. And to me, I just had to share that story. I hope it's inspiring to you as well. Again, if you want to see actual video clips of me working with Frank, just go to YouTube and do a search for Essential Tennis 76. Just those three you know, words and the number is 76 uh, will probably bring it up. And if you'd like some free guidance and, and a process to follow for every part of your game, go to EssentialTennisAcademy.com and go sign up for a free seven-day trial there. It's the most valuable collection of coaching we have anywhere on the internet. Frankly, it's probably the most valuable collection of coaching, period, anywhere on the internet. And you can get access to it for free for seven days. So go check that out at EssentialTennisAcademy.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll talk to you in the next episode. For more free, game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.